All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. We are through week number two. Once again, a few hiccups. We're recording here on the Wednesday instead of the Tuesday, but we're making things work. Uh, we're here at Wednesday, uh, September 20th, episode number 96. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of recap of week two. Uh, lots and lots of injuries to talk about, it seems like. Um, and then we're going to dive into our week three. Uh, but this week, it's just myself and Zach here. We're, we're going to be holding down the fort. So uh, Zach, you know, football season's full swing. Fantasy football's full swing. School's full swing. Life seems probably busy right now, but what's uh, what's been keeping you busy outside of the, the normal? Yeah, uh, you nailed it. Um, just like you said, yeah, football's going. Fantasy football's going. So uh, my days are, they're short. It feels like I get home just in time to have supper and basically get ready for the next day and go to bed. So uh, still adjusting to the, the work routine coming back from the summer, but really, really been enjoying getting out there with the guys at the football field. Yeah, it's been a, uh, well, I'm sure you can relate to him. And I know lots of teachers that happen to listen to podcasts. It's a busy time for, for not only like just our general day-to-day work, you know, it's back to routines, getting everything set up, lots of prep, lots of behind the scenes work. But then we got like the meet the teacher night. Then we got the pancake breakfast. We got the, the barbecue. We got all the extra things that go on top of the plate outside the standard, you know, I show up to work in the morning and then leave after school at the bell rings, all that kind of fun stuff. So busy time for everybody. So that's kind of why we're pivoting. I know Zach, you had meet the teacher night last night. So did Armand. Um, it's, I had my meet the teacher night was, think it was last Tuesday so that was where our pivot was so it's it's a busy time for us but we're still trying to make some time here to to spit out some content for the podcast and get a chance to talk a little fantasy football so like I mentioned it's just two of us today uh we got some of the notes from Armand here for our starts of the week etc stuff like that so we'll throw those out there when we get to that point but uh this week this was a question that I wanted to bring up on the podcast somewhere, somewhere. And you know what? It kind of worked out. That'd be the 22 fresh quick question of the week. It was that, uh, where are we at on panic levels for some of our players? Uh, I know there's lots of games where I've watched and it was funny. We were talking about it, Zach on the, on the group chat it was <laughs> like, Hey, how can we not have the Jacksonville Jaguars and Kansas city chiefs game on cable television? Like arguably in the number one game of the week. And it turns out it's just a stinker, but you, you watch a couple of games. Philadelphia hasn't looked like the normal Philadelphia self. They um, against the Patriots that game was other than the first four minutes. It was pretty lackluster from Philadelphia. Um, this last week, the first half stunk. The second half, they kind of exploded a little bit. So maybe Philly's back to what we can expect. You see lots of teams out there right now that just maybe aren't adding up to the you know the the hype we had. And then not only just team wise, but lots of players too. There's lots of fantasy players that we we're super excited for that uh you know the panic button might be going off so the question this week is who is someone that you're currently worried about for their fantasy outlook for their remainder season from what we've seen so far and um maybe we'll start with yours zach this is this is one even though i know we talked about last week that might be like a you know have a big week and sell uh well you got a touchdown this past week so maybe it is a sell i don't know but this is one that uh, i think a lot of people can relate to yeah garrett wilson was somebody that we would have drafted in the the late first or or maybe if you were lucky, the, the early second in most of your uh, redraft leagues. And right now, I would be concerned. I thought they, the Jets might go out and get a veteran quarterback, but it looks like they're they're staying pat with, with Zach Wilson. And that's where my level of concern comes from. Not, not from Garrett Wilson himself, but 
who's getting him the ball. And, and we saw last year with, with Zach Wilson, it just wasn't, it wasn't great. And uh, like surprisingly, uh, or Garrett Wilson rather has done better in the games without Zach Wilson than the games with Zach Wilson in eight games without Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson has 49 catches for 656 yards and four touchdowns. That's only in eight games. In the 11 games that he has played with Zach Wilson, he has 41 receptions, 564 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, That's a difference of eight receptions and well over, or just under, pardon me, my math is poor here, just over uh, 90 yards receiving difference uh, over the span of three games. So, to me, that, that is a noticeable difference when the the player that is starting right now for the Jets is Zach Wilson. And for whatever reason, they just don't seem to connect. So right now with, with Zach Wilson at quarterback, I would be concerned for Garrett Wilson. Uh, not that he's going to stink and not produce, but I don't think he's going to produce to the level of expectation that we had uh, when you drafted him in late August or early September when you anticipated Aaron Rodgers being his quarterback. Like right now, if I told you he finishes as a wide receiver two on the season, like that's a win. Like that's a win really with Mm -hmm. all things considered. Like you drafted him mid second round, probably in in most, in most drafts. And your upside was looking at like possibly the wide receiver one on the season, if not like a locked and loaded wide receiver one, someone that could really like solidify your team. And now, like we're talking about, if he finishes a wide receiver two, you're happy, which which sucks on the draft capital you invested in. But I mean, what can you do? Injuries happen all the time. Like, look what our insiders and headliners could. We could do an hour long podcast just talking about the injuries that happened this week. So, I the one thing I will note on top of this, man, do I feel bad for the Jets fans? Like, maybe you don't, Zach, because of divisional <laughs> rivalry. But like, I think about like what you've gone through as a Jets fan the last handful of seasons and it sucks I know I'm a Lions fan I've been there it's it's tough seasons tough sledding and then when you get that excitement the hype like they were top end Super Bowl favorites when Rodgers came in the offense is taking a step forward seemingly and the defense is spectacular for the Jets and now it's just you have a recap of what you had last year other than you have all the veteran Green Bay wide receivers that followed Rodgers to your team like (laughs) Oh man, I feel so bad. I hope, you know, somehow they can maybe make playoffs and still make it a salvageable season. But whole, oh, I, I, I just thought about what happens now if the Lions beat Kansas City and then they just blow their season up because of all these injuries and they suck again. It's just like the roller coaster that I'm unprepared for. And that's the current current world that Jets fans are living in. But um, Armin mentioned in here, he really wanted to talk about Josh Jacobs. This one was like, if you look at his week two stats, he ran, he rushed for negative yards. He was the rushing leader last season. And he now has, obviously he didn't have any preseason because of the holdout, whatever, but he rushed for negative yards last week, which is obviously very concerning. I would buy low. Like, I don't know if you agree with me on this one, Zach, this is a buy low candidate. Cause I feel like better days are ahead for Josh Jacob, Jacob, sorry, but I don't know. I, do you agree with me on that one? I think in, in dynasty, I, I would certainly agree, but in in redraft, I don't know what you'd be paying for quote unquote buy low. Um, like he was a first round pick, I would imagine maybe maybe a second or third, considering that holdout. But like I don't know 
what are you realistically trading for him right now that the the other manager is going to budge on? Yeah, I think you might maybe need a couple more weeks of it being bad before you get a bit of a discount maybe. Worth kicking tires on for sure, though, because you don't mm-hmm. need, you never know. Like, even go find the Jamar Chase. I will talk about him in a little bit. Jamar Chase manager, because the panic buttons might be going off two real stinkers in a row. But which which leads me perfectly into where mine is. I put down Trevor Lawrence and the Chiefs. Just I I already highlighted that game was not fun to watch at all. Like I I had to zone on and it was kind of going back and forth between some of the games. I had one game on the TV and flip flopping the laptop. That game was just not entertaining. I, I previewed it. I thought Zay Jones was a smash play, real sneaky play. That's wide receiver two on the offense. It's going to be an explosive week. Oh boy. Like that was a, that was a misfire. And that whole game was a misfire. So those in the chiefs offense, other than Patrick Mahomes, and even then like he's put up decent numbers, but that offense, there is no good part to have. You don't know who's going to fire that week. Kelsey will come back. Kelsey will do great things. But really, there's no wide receiver I necessarily want. Sky Moore had zero points week one, and then he got a touchdown this past week. Like, so you're just, it's a total rock throw. Like this, Justin Watson might hit more often. You know, the running backs, there's a circulation between the three, so you don't necessarily want anyone else. Anyways, I'm kind of going on a tangent on who I'm not actually talking about, but I'd be concerned about some of those pieces of these offenses that you've drafted quite high. But the one I do want to talk about the most, and we will talk a little bit more about it, insiders and headliners, is Joe Burrow. After week one, I was like, okay, he didn't play in the entire preseason. He had the calf strain. Now, there was going to be some hiccups. They always play bad against the Browns. So be it. Better days we had for Joe Burrow. Then this past week, they just did not look good. They looked, like, honestly, looked really bad against a Baltimore team that they should have been very competitive against. And he didn't throw a touchdown, I think, until late third quarter. If not, it might have been early fourth quarter. So we almost went two full games of Joe Burrow not throwing a touchdown. Um, he salvaged his week by getting 15 points off those two touchdowns of T. Higgins. But on 41 attempts, he had 27 completions for 222 yards and, and two touchdowns, one interception. But the thing that really is concerning is he restrained his calf towards the end of that game. Now, they play the Monday nighter in week three, and he is already marked questionable. And um, and who knows if he's going to play in that game. So that's incredibly concerning, especially as the Monday nighter. And you put pretty decent draft capital into Joe Burrow. Um, but this panic button goes more than just Joe Burrow. This goes like as a residual to those all those offensive pieces. Like we could be looking at um, like a, a week or two without Joe Burrow because of the strain, which means Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, all these high draft capital players are all going to be taking a notch down. It's a similar conversation that we talked about with Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, highly drafted, high draft capital with a back of quarterback. We're living the same possible nightmare with uh, with these Bengal offensive pieces. And now you might be seeing Joe Burrow a similar sense when we saw Justin Herbert last year. Remember when Justin Herbert was rushing week one? And I think it was week two, maybe it was week three, he got hurt. Uh, and then we saw zero rushing for Herbert the rest of the season. He was just a clear pocket passer. When Burrow comes back from this re-injured calf strain, that's what we're going to see. We're not going to see 20, 30 rushing yards on top for the extra three, four points that are fun to add for fantasy. We're going to see a clear pocket passer who has been struggling to start the year, which is concerning in fantasy football when we know rushing quarterbacks are king and you're going to be having a high draft capital pocket passer that's struggling. That's concerning for me. So a guy that maybe like I – maybe you could trade like just based off name value like Zach right now just spitballing out loud 
would you trade Joe Burrow for two of Tungavaloa straight up right now in redraft? Ooh, that's a fun one. Um, I have Tua in redraft, and I was looking this morning, and he's, I think he's top six, and uh, he got he got shut down a little bit uh, this uh, on this week on Sunday night against the Pats, um, and he's still you know the number six QB on the on the season. I'd say probably not, honestly. Um, the Miami weapons and the the Cincy weapons, in my eyes, are that's a push. Uh, I think they're as good as one another, so probably not. I'd probably just ride it out with Tua if I had Tua. Yeah, so that's the conversation where like Tua was drafted maybe the 11th, 12th. That might be a little low, but in redraft, like really, he, he was outside the top eight. We talk about the top eight all the time. He wasn't in that top eight, so maybe somewhere between that 9 to 12 range is where Tua was drafted. Some leagues, you know, Tua might not have even been drafted. You know, some people might have liked uh, Goff more or might have liked um, – uh, names escape me from uh, Seattle. Um, Will or Smith, Gino. Yeah, like Geno Smith more. You know, there's names like that. Or, you know, Anthony Richardson with the rushing upside. Uh, now we're talking about Tua, a possible top five quarterback in a single Q league the rest of the season. So it's uh, it's an interesting so far. Trevor Lawrence, we talked about top eight. Joe Burrow, we talked about top eight. Even Lamar Jackson, we talked about top eight. All guys that come out struggling. Hurts, other than a couple rushing touchdowns, hasn't looked spectacular. Um trying to think who else in that like Mahomes obviously without any weapons has been piecing it together but it's been a weird start to the fantasy season that's for sure um okay insiders and headliners this one we're gonna do this a little bit different because we have so much to talk about like I said we could do a whole episode on this what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through the injury and Zach is gonna give me you know a level one level two level three panic level one is like hey you might miss a week maybe a couple weeks but should be fine Level two panic is like, okay, he's going to miss a chunk of time, but there's like serious like re-injury problems here, you know, like maybe like going to be held to snap counts. We, I'm a little concerned. Level three is like sound the alarm panic button. This is bad news bears. Um, we don't have to go in depth on all of them, but if there's obviously anything you want to add to the conversation, Zach, with, with your, with your uh, panic level, then uh, let me know. But this one, it's, if, if Armin was on the pod, I would give him the, you know, the sad intro play, the sad intro song for this one. Cause if you've listened to the pod, you know that Nick Chubb is one of Armin's, if not Armin's number one favorite, favorite player. But like the picture of that knee was so gruesome. Like his body was completely over top of it. They're talking that just to reconstruct his knee, he's going to need two surgeries to, to get the reconstruction done properly. One, for I think it was the meniscus and the kneecap. The other two was all the other ligaments, like the ACL, MCL, whatever else that was damaged. So like it's a significant, significant knee injury with a player of that age. This is obviously a level three panic button, but the real question is, do you think this is a career ender for Nick Chubb? Yeah, before you you said it was a level three, I was going to ask, like we, we're only doing level th- or up to level three, but I was going to give it a level four because yeah, like you said, this has to be in consideration as a career ender. If not, you know, if he comes back uh, in like probably a year and a half, two years, maybe he'll play a little bit, but I can't imagine that he's going to come back and be the Nick Chubb that we know uh, in a few years. Right. It's he's 27 years old right now. Like it's unrealistic to expect that. So um career ender in the sense that his production will likely never be replicated from him 
well, yeah, like he's he's on a massive contract, like massive. He we probably don't see him back until at least 29 years old. And then it's going to be like, look, what we saw with J.K. Dobbins. And there's no way, like this knee injury is substantially worse than J.K. Dobbins. And he was what, 22, 21 when he hurt his knee? Like we're, this this is scary stuff. And, I, and you know, obviously Armin knows the insides and outs of Nick Chubb and he'd be optimistic and hope that, hope for the best. We obviously hope for the best for him too. But being a realist here that this is a scary situation for not only him, but the Cleveland Browns organization as well. But on top of that, we will mention that Kareem Hunt has re-signed a one-year deal with the with the Cleveland Browns. Now it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him being in there with Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford actually looked pretty good in that game, all things considered. Um, I think Deshaun Watson did his best interpretation to throw that game away, but Jerome Ford actually looked pretty good. So that's one thing I'm, I'm interested in watching. Um, next injury, Saquon Barkley got rolled up on Thursday night football. got helped carry off. I know the first report said he's going to probably miss three to four weeks with just a regular sprained ankle, but they're trying to say that for the Thursday night football, he's just marked as questionable and unlikely. He's now he's, he's been ruled out now, but uh, apparently they're trying to downgrade the severity of it. But where's your concern level at for this one, Zach? This one has to be, you know, minimum a two for me. Um, the Jets offense or the Giants offense, pardon me, wasn't uh, wasn't lighting the world on fire through f- through two weeks. Uh, not like I had expected it to pick up from last year. And now this is another injury uh, to Barkley. It seems to me, at least every year, there's, there's something that happens where it's, you know, a minor injury that maybe he misses a game or so, but it kind of lingers and nags on throughout the year. So this is just another injury in what seems to me to be a long list of injuries. So not something that I'm very happy about for him. And we've seen this song and dance before with him dealing with a, with an ankle injury before. I, it seems as if the reports are the severity of this ankle injury isn't as bad as the ankle injury you had in the past, but we've, we've, we've played this song and dance with Saquon before. So um, I totally agree with you on that one. This one, I'm on her St. Brown. Uh, I'm guessing it's turf toe to toe injury. They took the shoe out, put a plate in to help with the toe with cutting, uh, but to possible turf toe injury is definitely marked as a toe injury. He didn't practice this Wednesday. I'm on her St. Brown wide receiver one for the Detroit lions. Where are we at with that one? Uh, you would know better than me, but I believe that he finished the game on Sunday with, with that plate in his shoe. Is that correct? Yeah. He came back out. He got a little like, uh, one of those like tap passes, you know, where it's like almost like a jet under it was, it was almost like the, the, the play development was almost like, um, the Philly special, at least it was set up similarly. Uh, he picked up the, I was on fourth down. He picked up three yards for the fourth down, but then never got, uh, another reception the rest of the game. Uh, Josh Reynolds was superior. Like he obviously soaked up a lot of targets towards the end of the game, but he never got another reception the rest of the game. So did finish the game, whether or not that was just like a, you know, uh, Seattle ISOed him or, or bracketed him, sorry. Um, and he was kind of almost like game played out in a sense, or whether it was because he did slow down and couldn't cut as much. That's not what I saw, but practice reports will tell us more, but I, I just know turf toe is, it sounds ridiculous. Like turf toe doesn't sound like the most ridiculous, like, or now, you know, like the most difficult injury to come back from. But it, if you had turf toe, it sucks. It's not fun to deal with, especially in a skill position, like a, a receiver. But um, to me, this is a level one, but if, mm-hmm. if he misses this week, it could progress into a two, just because if a, if a receiver is missing time for turf toe, it's, it's obviously not a mild case where 
that will linger on for a long duration of time. Um, Jamal Williams, he a undisclosed timeline, I guess is how the reports are saying. Uh, running back from Orleans Saints will miss time. He's going to miss some time. He said he's going to need some time to heal up with a hamstring injury. So I'm guessing two to three weeks. Um, but where are you at with that one, Zach? This has to be a one, I think. Um, I have Williams in a few leagues, and I, I drafted him not to be somebody that I'm going to count on for the full season. I drafted him full well knowing that after the first few weeks, uh, Miller, I believe, is the, the rookie running back there in New Orleans, is going to uh, come back healthy, and then not to mention Kamara coming back. So this kind of shortens that window of time that I thought I had with Williams, but it doesn't make a huge difference to me. And if you were counting on Williams being a bell cow, then uh, I think we have bigger fish to fry here. <laughs> you got bigger problems. Yeah. Uh, that was well said, Zach. Uh, Austin Eckler, still no timeline return from ankle injury. Where are we on that one? A little bigger name for fantasy folks, obviously probably a top five draft pick. Absolutely. This one has to be like two and a half. Like uh, he was probably uh, like top three uh, picks in the draft, certainly top two running backs. So for him to miss any amount of time, that's really setting that t- that team that has him back and it's uh, it's not what you want to see um joe burrow i talked about this at the top are you with me on that one with the panic levels or are you maybe um a little less than than myself no it's it's a re-aggravation so it's got to be of some concern david montgomery this one he's He's been the lead back. He's looked incredibly good with that Detroit Lions offense. Uh, hurt the hurt the sorry the uh, the quad. It did look concerning, like it looked like it might be a, like a, a knee injury, but it is graded as a quad injury. But going to miss a couple weeks. Uh, they have signed Bam Bam Knight. If you remember Zonovan Knight from the New York Jets last year, he had a couple fun weeks. They signed him off the practice squad to. Fill that void. I know they have Craig Reynolds in there as well, too, and obviously Jameer Gibbs. Uh, but where are we at on that one? This one, I think, is going to be a three. Not because I think he's going to be gone for a extended period of time, but you have to imagine that by the time he comes back in you know, week six, week seven, whatever it may be, the, the Lions coaching staff will have seen the light and they, they'll be feeding Gibbs. Through a week and a half, through two weeks, uh, Gibbs has not been the, the the player that I expected him to be. He's getting a lot of the the similar type of production and usage that he got at Alabama, where he wasn't the bell cow. But I expected Detroit, you know, investing that early first round draft capital to to maybe feature him a, a little bit more than they have been. So. I'm expecting that by the time Montgomery is healthy enough to return, uh, Gibbs will be that uh, that featured back. Yeah, that's a real good point. The amount of the amount of offers I've got for Jamar Gibbs, people trying to pick him up cheap right now with you know the tough first couple of weeks and and obviously him gonna probably get a little bit more touches in the next couple of weeks. It's almost like people forget I'm a Lions fan and I, I know it's gonna happen here, but like. That's but throwing that out there, it's not a bad play. Is trying to get him on the cheaper side because he's going to get more touches here in the next couple of weeks. Um, Brandon Ayuka, just this one, he had a shoulder injury, he came off a huge week one. Uh, he hurt a shoulder, came back out, 
had two snaps, hurt his shoulder again. Now, uh, where are you at on that one? Probably like a one, maybe. Um, if he's a game time decision, and if they're listing it accurately, then it's probably not, you know, overly concerning to me. So probably just a one. Especially because he's a Thursday night or two. Uh, last one. This one isn't an injury, but this is a fun one. Cam Akers, before we even recorded, I had it down. Cam Akers on the trade market, healthy scratch. This is twice now. I put my sit of the week and they get healthy scratch last minute. So it's like, I, for some reason, I'm just like banging on these guys. <laughs> but yeah, I put out there that he's probably going to get cut or traded and it came to fruition pretty quick. Cam Akers traded and he's with Minnesota now. Is this worthwhile trying to chase the draft capital like in our one league that we're in i shouldn't say so loud i got a waiver claim for him he got dropped like somebody dropped him completely now obviously we're at the waiver claim but like is it worth trying to buy low cam acres and and he's going to eat into to madison or because madison's underproduced for the hype that everybody had from this this offseason too so curious on what you think on that one obviously we're talking armand he's big cam acres fan he's saying spend the spend the farm but i'm, I'm curious on your, on your thoughts here well, first of all, in that redraft league that you mentioned, there's going to be at least two waiver wires for Cam Akers. <laughs> okay, tell me what your number is, and I won't increase mine. One dollar. Oh, okay, well, good. My two dollars is good. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> Keep it there. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, like it's, if somebody had dropped him, I think that's, as long as you have like a deep bench that you're not significantly kneecapping your roster, it's worth a shot, I think. Um, but I saw a tweet before we logged on that probably nails nails it. Like uh, Acres and Madison are about to have the greatest mid-off of all time. Uh, two running backs that haven't overly lived up to the hype this year, certainly um, have shown flashes in the past, but uh, when given extended opportunities haven't produced so acres madison it could go week to week it could uh it has the makings of something that i think will be quite frustrating for the the managers that have either one on their team especially from a team that wants to be a pass first offense too like so it's not even like they're going to be the number one options or or probably unlikely to be the number two options in that offense to be to be quite frank so Okay, moving along here. Like I said, there's a lot, a lot of injuries to talk about here, but we'll try and get the ball moving here. Studs and duds of the week. Um, I'll start with Armin Stud first. This was out of left field. It's actually kind of funny. In our group chat, we were talking about you know starts and sits, and Armin's trying to figure out his last-minute Thursday nighters. Do I start Swift because of uh, Gainwell being out? And he decided, yeah, I'm going to do it. And, man, was he bang on on that one. He started DeAndre Swift, and Swift goes 28 carries for 176 yards and a score. Uh, he also had another three receptions for six yards. So just another couple PPR points on top of there. Finished with 26.6 points. Uh, for a lot of people, that seemed to be a wasted pick was that that DeAndre Swift. There was so much uncertainty in that backfield. Um, Gainwell came out being the lead back in week one, and Swift was left on the outside looking in. If it wasn't for injuries, I don't think this was going to happen. But, man, did he uh, did he pan, pan out for Philadelphia in a big way on that Thursday night or so? Oh, that's Armin's stud of the week. Uh, Zach, you want to share yours? This this one must have really burnt with you uh, putting this one in here. Yeah, I went with uh, Raheem Mostert running back for the Dolphins. Uh, 25.2 half-point PPR points. 
Um, and this one was, I was, I, you know, I'm happy that Mostert had this type of game. Uh, you know, first off the bat, Mostert is a great story. Um, if you don't know his story of his career, look it up. It's, it's really, it's really neat. And uh, being a Pats fan, um, I would much rather lose to Mostert on the ground than have Tua just drop bombs to, to Hill on <laughs> us. So I was quite, quite happy that it was Mostert that did the damage and not uh, Tyreek. So this, I'm okay with it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it still sucks because he looked, it's funny in the group chat we were talking about, like they just, somebody tell the Pats that he's just running the ball and he's running it really good. Like somebody, somebody tell them. Um, but mine is a fun one. And this is one that I put in a couple leagues. Like I think I have in three leagues and it was just like a, a last late round, you know, seven, eighth, ninth round pick hoping a prayer that he's finished as a, a thousand yard plus receiver his entire career. Maybe it happens again. Maybe, you know, a new QB in town that's going to air the ball out. It's going to be good for him. And man, has it ever because Mike Evans currently right now is the number 10 fantasy player on the season. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, sorry, number eight in half point scoring. He scored 42 fantasy points so far this season. And he looked really, really good this past week. Uh, he had a really long touchdown, or I don't know if he even got the touch. I think he got tackled on like the three, if I remember correctly, but a really long reception. Uh, eight targets, six receptions, 171 yards, and one score. Um, 26.1 fantasy points. The week before that is 15.6. Um, he's having a really good start to the season. It's going to be a test this one against Philadelphia this upcoming week, but then he's got New Orleans and a bye. And he's got Detroit, Atlanta, Buffalo, Houston, Tennessee, San Francisco, Indy. He's got a nice little finish to the season, too. Green Bay, Jacksonville, New Orleans come fantasy playoffs so uh it's looking like the the mike evans of old uh emphasis on the old he's uh up there in age but he is looking very much the the mike evans that we've uh we've known and loved come fantasy season so he is my my stud of the week uh armin's dud of the week same same game thursday nighter um this is one of those ones where it's like it's kind of seems like it's one or the other these two wide receivers um and devonta smith had a huge game which means obviously if devonta smith has a huge game pretty unlikely that aj brown does uh he had six targets four receptions for 29 yards um this is one of those ones where maybe aj brown's a, a buy low candidate because this is back-to-back not great weeks for aj brown better days are ahead i think for like i talked about that philadelphia offense i think it took him a little bit to get the ball moving with the new oc uh things looked really really better or like quite a bit better sorry in the second half of that second game uh as considered before the first game against the uh the uh, the pats but uh, i i mean putting some feelers out there try and get your hands on aj brown because there'll be some managers that are less than pleased with uh, his performance so far this season uh zach this one, uh, throw this one out there, and if Armin's listening, he's uh, he's going to be <laughs> choked. Yeah, this one might be a little bit shady uh, towards Armin, but I said, and rightfully so, I think that Calvin Ridley had a dud of a week. Um, 4.2 half-point PPR points, and mm-hmm. he was two for eight uh, when targeted by, by Trevor Lawrence. Um, I didn't watch the game. Uh, like we mentioned, it wasn't on cable, at least not on my package, so um, wasn't able to watch the game on Sunday morning, but two for eight for me, that's really disappointing because, you know, sometimes you can, you can extrapolate, well, he wasn't targeted. So he didn't, wasn't able to produce, 
know, he had, you know, three, three targets and he caught three balls, but he only had, you know, X amount of yards, not his fault, but to be targeted eight times and come down with two, that's really frustrating because there was the potential for, for a lot of production. And then on top of that, you look at uh, Christian Kirk's stats, uh, the wide receiver 2A or 2B on that team week to week. Christian Kirk had 11 receptions, 110 yards. So, you know, that's that's what could have potentially been Calvin Ridley. So really frustrating for a lot of people that I think likely started him off a, off a pretty hot week in week one. And I'm going to piggyback Zay Jones on that sentiment about the Christian Kirk stat because that's what I thought Zay Jones was going to do. And it turned out it was a Christian Kirk week. And, oh, man, he, he put zero points. He had a had a red zone catch, but he stepped out of bounds on, I think it was third and long. And, yeah, it's tough, tough sledding, tough sledding if you started either one of those guys. Um, I already mentioned this guy already, my my dad. Uh, I piggybacked a little bit off my Joe Burrow take. But um, my, my dad of the week is Jamar uh, Jamar Chase. This one sucks because he was likely the somewhere between the one to third wide receiver taken. Obviously, with probably Justin Jefferson number one. Then after that, it was okay. Who went? You know, maybe Jamar Chase was probably number two. Um, I had zero shares of Jamar Chase last year, and I got my very first share of Jamar Chase this season. I took him in our one league that Zach and I are in. And I got him uh, late first. And I thought, you know what? Let's do it. Let this will be fun. And so far, I am not enjoying the ride right now. He is currently wide receiver number sixty-three on the season, and he is currently fantasy asset number one hundred and eighty-nine overall. Uh, this past week, he had eight targets for five receptions, thirty-one yards. The week before that, he had nine targets, five receptions, thirty-nine yards. So so far this season, he has put up a whopping twelve point two fantasy points over two weeks. This is not the Jamar Chase ride I wanted. This is not the Jamar Chase ride a lot of people wanted. And right now, um, you could probably buy him kind of cheap if people are concerned about not only his production, but also the Joe Burrow injury. So um, a guy that's been very frustrating so far at the start of the season. Okay, so going into, we'll continue on into our week three now, I guess, after, uh, you know, hopefully um, not as injury crazy. Um week two here as we go into week three but uh before we move on here um just going to give a quick shout out 22 fresh here um first of all we always talk about promo code 306 ffb15 uh the fall collection's unbelievable i've already got some stuff in my cart getting ready to order a bunch uh but we got our huge shipment in of our stuff and that's you know we're going to be going out for all of our charity events and one i was going through some of it and my goodness like, so the one hoodie is the one that Armin got last year. And like, it's, I love it. It looks unreal. It's so comfy. Um, It's like this nice, like dark brown. Anyways, it's hard to describe because we're, you know, we're on a podcast. I can't just show you. Uh, We got hats. We got the hoodies. We got sweatpants. We got uh, some collared, like they're the collared rugby shirts. They look really nice too. Um, Unreal product. Um, So 22 Fresh, not only is this the, the second year they've jumped on board as our major sponsor, but always helping us out with the with the podcast and helping us out with the charity of the year as well too. Uh, but also helping you in at home as well with the, with the promo code too. So I've had lots of people ask me, hey, like, is the promo code good? Like, is it up and running? It's good to go. Absolutely. Jump on there if you want to go on 22fresh.com. 
we we can't talk about how good the product is. I wear my hat all the time. It's one of my favorite hats. Uh, and you can get the same hat if you want. You can get a different hat. You can get uh, all the products for 15% off. So thank you very much, 22Fresh, jumping on board. And you at home, when you are, are on checkout, don't forget to use that promo code 306FFB15. So we talked about hopefully a bounce back uh, week two starts of the week. And for the most part, I think we did good. Uh, Armin smashed Nico Collins. That was one of those ones where I was like, okay, hey, this could go either way. And man, did he have a great week. Um, my Zay Jones take was awful, but apparently my Cam Akers one was brilliant because he didn't play once again. <laughs> uh, Zay Flowers had, you know, a decent week there, Zach. We were expecting a little bit more, but they didn't really have to do much against Baltimore or against, uh, sorry, um, Cincinnati. They kind of just had to hang around. That's another way it was. But um, this week, week three, I'm thinking this is going to be a, you know, a pretty good week for us. Let's look at some of the names here. Uh, I think we're going to do, uh, I think we're going to do just fine here in this upcoming week. There's lots of uh, juicy matchups. That's uh, even like the betting odds where they're like a coin flip, which makes for really good for fantasy because close games, everybody's into it. There's uh, lots of fantasy points available. So why don't you uh, start this one off Zach with uh, your start of the week? My start of the week for week three is going to be George Pickens. Um, George Pickens is somebody that I have really enjoyed watching, um, in his young career. This guy blocks violently, uh, very aggressive, very athletic, um, and very exciting with the ball in his hands. But the reason I'm saying he's a starter this week is, I guess, less to do with him and more so to do with the offense around him. We are watching uh Najee Harris, you know, disintegrate, uh, dissolve in front of our eyes. Najee Harris is I'm surprised that he was a first round pick two years ago. He does not look like a first round pick right now. Um, and right now Deontay Johnson is is injured. I believe Allen Robinson also might be dealing with a few injuries of his own. So really, we're left with George Pickens as the the only real playmaker in that offense. So taking that into consideration, along with his athletic profile, George Pickens for me is a must start this week against the against the Vegas defense that isn't going to be very stout against the pass. Yeah, they've been disappointing. <laughs> that whole team, you know, they, they can get Jimmy Garoppolo. They're going to be taking a step forward. It's been you know, not the easiest transition for, for the Raiders so far. Uh, Armin starting Javante Williams against Miami. This one is an interesting one because Denver's going to have to keep up with the Miami offense. Uh, Javante Williams coming back off the injuries, now two weeks removed, uh, hopefully taking another step forward against Miami. Uh, if you're looking at our docket, like Zach and I currently am, I have three names in there because I couldn't decide who I wanted to talk about because I had Jameer Gibbs, which I think is like a no-brainer, obviously, if you have him, you're starting him now at this situation. I had Michael Thomas in here versus Green Bay, which I think is a bit of a sneaky one because he's been getting a ton of targets. And if he's had one touchdown either of the two, last two weeks, we'd be talking about Michael Thomas being a really good fantasy start right now. Uh, last week, early on, I think he had six receptions early in that uh, in that Monday nighter. So that's a bit of a sneaky one. But my start of the week is going to be Josh Reynolds versus Atlanta. Uh, and this one could go deeper than it actually is because I'm super excited if 
uh, well, actually, I should say regardless, I'd be happy to start Reynolds because um, Amandre St. Brown right now, like we talked about, is nicked up with a turf toe. Um, and when he did get, quote-unquote, injured, uh, he, he did return. But Josh Reynolds stepped up in a big way. He had an early touchdown, and he soaked up the yardages in week two. Now, <laughs> go back and look at the stats of what Atlanta gave up to Jordan Love and the receiving options. Like the rookie Reed, uh, Musgraves, and I'm trying to think who the other receiver was for Green Bay, which the list is not the most impressive names uh, I could rattle off on this podcast at any moment, uh, was against Atlanta defense. Now, Jared Goffner's first interception, I think, was in, I can't remember what the number of quarters was, but it was the third longest streak in, in NFL history without throwing an interception. So, disappointing loss against Seattle. I expect Detroit, once again, at home to come up swinging against Atlanta. Now, whether Amonra is in or not, I think Josh Reynolds is going to have a big week against a not-so-great secondary. I think the was it Bates that was on uh, Cincinnati is the one bolstering the back end for that line of defense. And after that, the list is pretty scarce. So I think Josh Reynolds, especially in a pinch, he probably picked him up off the waiver wire. I know he's available in one of my dynasty leagues off the waiver wire. So in a pinch, I think he's uh, I think he's a, an excellent start this upcoming week. Um, Armin has Miles Sanders versus Seattle a sit, but uh, this one's this one's a tough one because Carolina's offense hasn't been great. But watch what Montgomery did against Seattle's defense i thought uh, montgomery looked pretty good before he went down so uh this, this is a tough one but uh this might be a, a more of a knock on the carolina offense than it is the seattle defense uh and then zach uh your sit of the week this one this is a homer pick or, or what's, what's <laughs> this one yeah you, you're not you're not wrong yeah i'm sitting you, you know the bill check way you know what that bill check defense does yeah i'm sitting garrett wilson for for that exact reason uh, along with the reason I I, I mentioned earlier, um, Zach Wilson is not Garrett Wilson's best friend on the football field. Um, going going from Rodgers to, to Zach Wilson, it, it's a huge drop down for Garrett Wilson and his potential. So that alone would lead me to sit him. But the fact that he's going against uh, New England Patriots and uh, Christian Gonzalez, who is a absolute stud in that secondary uh, rookie cornerback that they took in the first round, who I think is one of, if not PFF's number one or number like top 10. I think he's the number one rated rookie cornerback currently. And I think he's in the top 10 overall in, in cornerbacks on the year. So this young guy is a stud. He shut down Tyreek Hill. And with, with Zach Wilson throwing the ball, I'm sure he'll be he'll be he'll be doing okay against Garrett Wilson so uh i would look to find a alternate player to start in lieu of Garrett Wilson he was so good in Oregon i thought he i thought that was who lines were going to target was Gonzalez but you know lines lines pivoted went a different direction and say Levy but yeah he's uh he is an incredible talent and for that reason well not just him alone but for the the reasons you proposed here is why I will be 100% using New England's defense in my DFS lineup. <laughs> the, there's no way they're the most expensive defense, and I couldn't believe how cheap the Dallas defense was last week against the, the Jets, and maybe DFS doesn't make the same mistake, but I will be using the New England defense in DFS. 
Um, my sit of the week. This one sucks because I like this player, and he actually just had a good week with uh, with Dobbs at the helm of their uh, their quarterback, and that's Marquez Hollywood Brown coming off a. Well, I think he got like seven or eight points in week one, which was not great. And but then he had a decent week in week two. But going against Dallas, quarterback that is, you know, they traded for him and started him on a team that's tanking uh, against a Dallas defense that just intercepted the said uh, new new uh, New York Jets offense that Zach was talking about three times late. Um, this defense is rolling. This defense is awesome. I actually think, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they are the number one fantasy player what like i say player but the number one oh no that would be hold on yeah it is dallas cowboys 56 points tyreek hill 52 points we're currently currently the dallas cowboys are the number one fantasy option so that considered against a team that's tanking um i can't imagine hollywood brown gets the ball a ton um, this one is almost a no-brainer that Dallas is going to smoke uh, Arizona, so I- I'd be pivoting away. Not that he is necessarily uh, a locked-in starter, per se, for your team, but he did have a really good week, too, or I should say a good week, too. So a lot of people thinking, okay, can I put him back in my lineup? This ain't the week to do it, unfortunately, so I'd be pivoting away from Hollywood Brown. Uh, anything you want to add here, Zach, before we wrap this one up? I know we're... <laughs> Keep recording back-to-back weeks on Wednesday and you're getting information a little bit late at home and you're listening right before the Thursday nighter, most likely. So we'll try and get back to the Tuesdays here uh, and a little bit more, uh, you know, get back early Wednesday morning and whatnot. But anything for you to add, Zach, before we uh, before we sign off on this week three edition of the pod? Nope. Just uh, good luck this week, everybody. And uh, hopefully, hopefully between you and I, I bid a little bit more on Cam Akers. <laughs> Hey, okay, throwing this out there, the Dynasty talk of the day. I was for sure thought I was going to lose in Dynasty there. What it was that I had 18-point lead with three players left against me Monday night. 2-0, and oh, baby, let's go. <laughs> Throw that one, suck on that, Drew. Um. Uh, anyways, we'll wrap up on that one. I was bitter I didn't get undefeated last year. I thought my dreams are going to die quick, but that'll wrap it up on episode number 96 of the podcast. We're rapidly approaching episode number 100, which is going to be a lot of fun when we get there. So uh, episode 96 on behalf of Zach, myself, and Armin, who could not be on the pod today. Thank you very much for listening. Take care, everybody, and uh, let's talk soon. <laughs>